Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, the church of a distant Christian generation. The topic we are considering is still rediscovering God's redemption agenda. Rediscovering God's redemption agenda. God helping us, our particular focus today will have to do with Nigeria in God's redemption agenda. But before we move into that, I'm going to lay another foundation by reiterating on a number of issues we have mentioned in previous studies. God's redemption agenda. You need to hear it very clearly again that God, the Almighty, planned the redemption agenda with every man in mind. You are part of God's program for redemption. Hallelujah. The older generation are part of God's program for redemption. The younger generation are part of God's program for redemption. Men of all race and creeds are part and parcel of God's program for redemption. So he planned the redemption agenda with every man in mind. So the redemption agenda is that grace that bringeth salvation which had appeared to all men in the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. God so loved the world, he gave us his only begotten son. The world became flesh to identify with us so that the program of salvation for mankind can be fully executed, perfectly executed. So that grace that brings salvation which appeared to all men in the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ is that agenda. So any narrative that negates that is satanic. Any narrative that negates the fact that every man is on God's program for redemption is satanic in intent, is satanic in concept, and of course, very satanic in consequence. Praise the name of the Lord. You will not buy the lie of the devil in the name of Jesus. Let's check on Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. I read from verse 11 and probably up to verse 15. Are we there? Titus chapter 2. I read from verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. How many men? All men. So God's redemption agenda was planned by God with every single man on planet earth in mind. So, the grace that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men, teaching us that deny ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Tell yourself, Godliness is possible in, in this present world. Hallelujah. 
looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us. He gave himself for only the Jews. He gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. So there's no pardon for sin. There's no remission for sin outside the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. He went to the cross to pay for the redemption of the sin of all men from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, for we are a peculiar people, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, people that were nobody in God's record, but God brought us out, washed us, and made saints out of sinners. Hallelujah. So, the redemption agenda of God is about God making saints out of sinners. Am I talking to somebody? So, he made us peculiar people. Zealous of good works. Now, what is our responsibility? He said, these things speak. And that's what I've been doing in the last uh, first Sunday. These things speak. And that's what I've been enjoining you to also do. This truth about the redemption agenda of God. Speak it. And exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise this. So let nobody, for any reason, okay, make you look outdated or, up, or absolute for this modern time. Praise the name of God. Because the redemption agenda of God is both universal and everlasting. Hello? It's both universal and what? Everlasting. So, and therefore, since we commenced this study, the effort has been to readdress our mind to that eternal purpose for mankind. We're trying to readdress our mind under the topic rediscovering the redemption agenda of God. Our mind is being readdressed to that eternal purpose for mankind. And so we launch that topic, God's redemption agenda. And doing that, we continue to underscore the fact that the devil is an expert narrative twister. Nobody can compete with the devil when it comes to twisting narrative. Painting good as evil and presenting evil as the best. The devil is, is perfectly expert in that. So he's been doing everything possible to deceive people in order to make them disbelieve their place in the redemption agenda. So one of the assignments the devil took upon himself and very seriously is that assignment to deceive people and make them disbelieve their place in the redemption agenda. Say, I have a place in the redemption agenda. No deception of the devil. 
will make me disbelieve my face in the agenda. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But very unfortunately, the devil continues to have his way through men. And what is the instrument he has been using? Twisting of narratives. What do I call it? So you will find the devil telling the parents their children are too young to give their lives to Christ. It's a twisting of narrative because the grace that brings salvation has appeared to all men, children inclusive. Am I talking to somebody? The same devil will tell the youths they have enough time to delay their salvation. I'm still young, I'm still young, I'm still young, I'm still young. So it is the devil at work twisting the narrative. And the correct narrative is that today is the day of salvation. But the devil will come and deceive the youth and tell them they still have all of the time to themselves to delay their salvation. In case you have been so deceived, may you, may you wake up from that slumber this morning in the name of Jesus. May you awake to righteousness in the name of Jesus. May you quit the lifestyle of sin in the name of Jesus. May you come out of the camp of the devil and come to the company of the saints in the name of Jesus. The same devil will not turn around and tell sinners they are too bad to be saved. Is somebody the same devil will not turn around after he has made them to delay their salvation he will not turn around and say look at yourself you have seen so much that God can no longer pardon you that is the devil at war he's a, a specialist narrative twister don't believe him now the same devil will tell religionists that moral to make them acceptable to God the same devil will tell moralists or religionists that they just do good and that will be enough. You don't need any Jesus to save you. That's the devil at work. The devil will tell the Jews that Jesus was too common or too simple to be the prophesied or expected Messiah. So as he's working in Africa, he's working in Asia, he's working in Europe, he's working in Australia, everywhere, just to make sure that people fall out of their place in the redemption agenda. Hello? He's working very tirelessly to make people disbelieve their place in the redemption agenda. The same devil will turn to the Europeans and the Americans and tell them that the first century faith of the Galileans is too outdated to live the sophisticated 21st century modern life. That's the devil for you. Then he will come to Africa and he will tell us Christianity is white man's religion and that it was accepted in, in error by our forefathers and therefore we should return to the paganism that our forefathers left. I can go on and on and on and on and on. All manners of narrative devil is busy selling around. He will turn to the people of other faiths 
that Jesus is just another prophet that should not be venerated as the savior of the whole world. That's the devil for you. And where is he drawing his strength? He's drawing his strength from his subtle but persuasive ability to get men to buy falsehood. He has the subtle ability. Many a times we look at the devil only from the angle of a wicked bully. Okay? From the angle of just a roaring lion. The devil does not present himself only as a roaring lion. In fact, the first presentation of the devil we found in the Bible is where he presented himself as a subtle serpent. He presented himself as a subtle what? Serpent. So, with persuasive ability to get men to buy falsehood, say, I will not buy the devil's lie. The Bible called him the father of lies. So, he's the manufacturer of lies. Hello? Just as uh, in different disciplines, they will say, so so person is the father of mercy. Another person is the father of another discipline. Are we together? So the Bible specifically called the devil the father of lies. The manufacturers of wrong narratives. Then, after he has been able to subtly sell the wrong narrative, he will now recruit aggressive, aggressive advocates to market lies as the truth. And the aggressive advocates of the devil marketing lies as the truth are everywhere. In one of the previous studies, we picked a case study of the social media platforms. So, we will again start by trying to track the different efforts the devil made in the Bible to attack God's plan of redemption for mankind. The different efforts he made in the Bible. Right from the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 3 up to verse and from verse 1 up to verse 7. He twisted the mind of Mother Eve to go against God's commandment not to eat the forbidden fruit. Are you aware of that? So the strategy deployed is that same old strategy twisting of narratives. So he twisted the mind of Mother Eve to go against God's commandment not to eat the forbidden fruit. By that, he was able to cause the fall of man. And of course, that necessitated the redemption agenda. Genesis chapter 3. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So, which means there is a truth he was aware of which he want to manipulate. Are we together? As God said. So he knew God said something. And he knew the actual thing God said. Praise the name of the Lord. But he came in a very subtle man. Okay? 
to engage Eve in a conversation. Okay? Draw out Eve and lead her away. When the devil is all out to lead you away from God, may you be sensitive to it and also have the capacity to resist it. In the name of Jesus. The scripture says in James chapter 4 verse 7, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil. But will be difficult to resist. And that's why the scripture says, watch and do what? And pray. Examine yourself. Praise the name of the Lord. Be sober. All, be vigilant. All of these are telling you that you have an adversary that is after your soul. And one principal way it does it is to sell lies to you. And the moment you believe the lie, you are gone. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Oh, how I wish we would have said, Man, I don't have your time. Hello? Just as Jesus will say, Go ye from me. Go ye away from me, devil. Verse 3. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Since the moment he, he, she entered into a conversation with the devil, the devil transferred his spirit of lie to her. Hello? Because if you read where the commandment was given, okay, and was communicated to Adam, and Adam communicated it to Eve, there was no place where it was written that you would not touch it. Hello? Now, one of the narrative the devil always sells to people is to make them to believe that the laws of God are grievous. The laws of God are difficult. The laws of God, okay, are are too heavy for any man. How can how can a man live without sinning? How can a man live and will not womanize? He will not smoke. He will not drink. Come on, he will have to do one. Doing all the three is bad. Okay, but you don't have, you can pick one and God will know that you have tried. <laughs> Are we together? So the devil will exaggerate the standard of God as something that uh, man cannot attain. And so the moment if open her mouth to begin to entertain the devil, that spirit of lie enter Eve, and Eve started to exaggerate the commandment of God. And thou shalt not touch it. Where was that written in the commandment? So, and the servant said unto Duma, Ye shall not surely die. God said, The day you eat it, you will die. The devil said, You will. Your Bible will say, You will cook it. I love the way one of our fathers uh, who preached on this uh, subject one time said, He said, Yes, Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. Can you see another angle where the devil is coming from? Okay? To make 
what God has given them to look less attractive to what the devil wants to offer them. So, and that's what the devil always do. He's, he's an expert at making sin look attractive, okay, and make righteousness look primitive. Am I talking to somebody? So, the moment sin is looking attractive to you and holiness is looking primitive, the devil is about to cut off your head. So, it will make sin attractive and make righteousness look primitive. Be one. Tell your neighbor, be one. When the devil is making sin attractive to you and is making holiness look primitive. is up to something that is destructive. So, for God doth know that the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods. What were they? Okay? Before the devil intervened. The scripture made us realize that God made man in his own image. In his own likeness, he made man. The devil now comes and says, he will be like God. Knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eye, and the tree to be desired to make one wife, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. I said, when he succeed with one, by persuasion, okay, he will not make that one person to become aggressive and recruit others. Hello? And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sealed fig leaves together, and made themselves April. So please take note of the following. That moment, when you start to fight the commandment of God, the devil is already having his way in your life. That very moment, when you start to find fault with the standard of God, with the commandment of God, with the precepts of God, with the rules of God, the devil is already having his way in your life. So anything that will make you think the word of God is too primitive for your level of civilization is an antique of the devil to destroy your soul. You want me to say that again? Whatever makes you think the word of God is too primitive for your level of civilization, is an antics of the devil to destroy your soul. Beware of that. It has always been the style of the devil. And every man who wants to do the will of God must watch and stand against such. Be one and stand against thinking that your present level of civilization is too sophisticated okay, for the word of God okay, to have application. So what makes you think the word of God is too primitive for your level of civilization is an antique of the devil to destroy your soul. Now, 
let's profile four major instances where the devil had given the audacity to deploy false narrative against Jesus. Even against the Lord Jesus Christ, the devil did what he did to heave in the garden of Eden and is doing to us today. He did it to our Lord Jesus Christ. First, at the inception of his ministry. In Luke chapter 2, you will read about the wilderness experience of Jesus and everything about the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness is centered on twisting of narratives. He did that with persuasive and aggressive arguments. And of course, he has not given up on that same strategy today. So, in devil's attempt to abort God's redemption agenda as he did in the garden of Eden. So when Jesus was in the wilderness too to fast and to pray for the commencement of his public ministry, the devil adopted that same strategy of twisting scriptures to derail him. But glory to God, he failed woefully. And I say his attempt to derail you from faith will fail in the name of Jesus. His attempt to make you backslide will fail in the name of Jesus. His attempt to make you delay your salvation will fail in the name of Jesus. Luke chapter 4. Let's take the reading from verse 3. Luke chapter 4. Okay, I mentioned Luke chapter 2 earlier. Oh, so sorry. Correct that quickly. Luke chapter 4. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Now, check it critically. The devil was speaking to Jesus' ego. Hello? Don't forget, we mentioned that the devil will make attempt to make you see the standard of God as primitive and the ways of worthiness attractive. Hello? So, he was speaking to Jesus' ego. Meaning that if you will not do it, you are not the son of God. If thou be the son of God, command this stone, okay, to become bread. So, if you would therefore not do that, then you are not the son of God. Hello? Just as you will suggest to a young man, okay, trap that girl, drug her, rape her. People are doing it. That's what strong men do. If you don't do it, then you are not man enough. Praise the name of the Lord. So, it was a clear attempt to twist the narrative of, I mean, of what just happened to Jesus at River Jordan. You know, in chapter, in chapter 3, 
okay, flowing to chapter 4, Jesus was at River Jordan, where he was baptized by John the Baptist. In fact, John was not willing to do it, but Jesus said, do it, that all righteousness might be fulfilled. And immediately Jesus was coming out of the water, the scripture says the heaven opened, and a voice spoke from heaven, this is my beloved son. That's the correct narrative. Jesus is the son of God. Not just the ordinary son, but the beloved son of God. Are we together? This is my beloved son. And by the time the devil will surface in the garden, that was his first point of attack. If thou be the son of God. Verse 4. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. So, never allow anything make you think the word of God should be revealed to satisfy your selfish of fleshly need. Hello? You know, what the devil was doing in verse 3, okay, was to manipulate Jesus and make him to reveal the word of God. If thou be the son of God, turn stone to bread. Whereas Jesus already learned and knew the scripture that man shall not live by bread alone. So the attempt of the devil was to now make Jesus reveal the scripture to satisfy his selfish or fleshly need. Am I talking to somebody? Because Jesus was truly hungry. But rather than listening to the devil, Jesus agreed to continue to be hungry. Am I talking to somebody? So, whatever makes you think the word of God should be revealed to satisfy your selfish or fleshly need is a suggestion for the devil to destroy your soul. That even to the point of let me tell lies and escape this punishment, okay, is a suggestion for the devil to destroy your soul. And of course, if you are a preacher and you fall into that trap of reviewing the scripture to satisfy your fleshly need, or you are an influencer of any sort, the soul of those that may eventually buy your narrative too will be destroyed. Am I talking to somebody? Verse 5. And the devil take him up into an high mountain, shield unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. Okay? This is not the absolute truth. Hello? The devil speaking here is not the original Lucifer that had all the angels at his back and call. The devil speaking here is the fallen devil. Hello? And he's still projecting himself as the devil of that time when he has not raised a rebellion against God. Am I talking to somebody? 
And the devil said to him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whosoever I will, I give it. Here is laying claim to absolute authority. Okay? By successfully hiding the fact that he was a fallen angel. So, here again, he was marketing a false narrative. Am I talking to somebody? So, what we are actually digging into today is to make you to see the devil for whom he is truly. He will package himself more powerful than he is. Okay? He will package himself friendly when actually he is an enemy. Verse 7. If thou therefore will worship him, all shall be thine. Then verse 8. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. That's why I said, don't entertain him. Okay? He talk less of hosting him. Are we together? For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem. He brought him to where? To Jerusalem. He took him out of Jericho to Jerusalem. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. He took him to religious environment. So you can be tempted even in church. Hello? You can be lied to even by pastors. Are we together? It's not only outside the church that destiny can be destroyed. Even in church, destiny can be destroyed. Even in choir, destiny can be destroyed. Are we together? Even in the counseling room of pastors, destinies can be destroyed. Eh? The new people say, get wise. Am I talking to somebody? Be sensitive. So the devil took him from Jericho to Jerusalem. It's going to be expected that Jesus will be comfortable in what? In Jerusalem. Jericho actually represents a dangerous soul. Jesus told the story of a man who left Jerusalem and he was going to Jericho and along the line he was abused and wounded by armed robbers. Are we together? So, but this time around, the devil took Jesus away from Jericho to Jerusalem. But the intention was not to, to, was not to support him to succeed. The intention was to, make, was to kill him. You will, see, you, you will soon see. So the devil can use any means okay, of twisting narrative and of deception of all manner just to ensure that destinies are destroyed. He is called a thief. He is called the killer. He is also called what? The destroyer. It doesn't matter whether it happened in Jericho or Jerusalem. Hello? Say in the name of Jesus. In Jericho, I will escape the devil. In Jerusalem, I will not fall for the antics of the devil. Is somebody hearing God this morning? Jerusalem. 
Jericho ni kan kan lo tin pa ni. Hello. Esun pa ni ni church, ni disco house ni kan kan lo tin pa ni. He has his agents everywhere. He has all manners of pinnacles and mountains that he can take you to in Jerusalem. Where he can drop you down and kill you. And what are those mountains? Mountains of wrong narrative. Special revelations. And you embrace it. You are gone. Am I talking to somebody? Say either in Jericho or Jerusalem. I will not fall for the antics of the devil. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple. Not a pinnacle of any shrine. Pinnacle of what? The temple. And said unto him, If thou be the son of God, again the way he started, appealing to his ego, ego, cast thyself down from hence, for it is written, he shall give his angel charge over thee, to keep thee. Okay? Leading him to misapply the scripture he has always believed. Hello? Hello? That suggests again to us that the devil can destroy, okay, by sponsoring unbelief or sponsoring a misapplication of what you believe. Hello? Am I talking to somebody? He can destroy you, okay, by making you not to believe the word of God, okay, and that I believe the word of God does not mean the devil will now turn back and say, oh, this one has believed the word of God, let's leave him alone. The next thing he will do is deceive you to misapply what you believe, the right thing you believe. Say, Father, keep me ahead of all the antics of the devil. And in their hand they shall bear the arm. Lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Quoting Psalm 91. And Jesus answered unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Say, tell somebody, be balanced. Be balanced in your understanding of scriptures. And verse 13. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed for him for a season. That's a message for another time. He doesn't give up permanently. Are we together? He won't say, since you try on today, I won't attempt you tomorrow. So he departed for a season. And we saw him resurface in the garden of Gethsemane. Hello? So, if the devil had succeeded, he would have killed the redemption agenda at infancy. Just as he made Adam and Eve to fall at the beginning. Second appearance of the devil to thwart the redemption agenda, where he demonstrated audacity to even fight Jesus himself, was at the peak of his public ministry. At the peak of his public ministry. This time around, he was not selling nar wrong narrative to Jesus, but he was selling wrong narrative to the public. Hello? He was not selling wrong narrative to Jesus to believe, but he was 
sending or selling wrong narrative to the people to spread about Jesus. So, at that point, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 32, 33, 34, he accused Jesus of using demonic powers. Okay? And then, he did not use any other people less than the Pharisees, who were considered the highest authority when it comes to issue of religion in their days. Whatever verdict such people give, every people believe them because they are the authority on religious matters. Are we together? Do you know that today, okay, people that are well positioned, strategically positioned, okay, even in the gospel enterprise, that at one time or the other, they have rose to the pinnacle of being able to command the respect and they are very large audience. The devil has now recruited them to be sell, selling the long narratives about the church. They no longer preach okay, to, to make people believe Jesus, but they are preaching to demarket the church. Am I talking to somebody? If you are an analytical mind and you are godly minded, after you have attacked this and attacked that, you will ask yourself of what benefit of edification is this to the church? Of what benefit of salvation is this to their unbelieving audience that is clapping them on to go to attack the gospel? To go to attack their fellow pastors? Am I talking to somebody? So it happened at the peak of Jesus' public ministry. Okay? When people saw demonstration of power that was unrivaled, unprecedented, the dead rising, the blind seeing, the crippled walking. Let's enter the Pharisees. Tell the people that he was not using the power of God, he's using demonic power. In the years when we used to public, publish our Today in Prophecy prayer booklet. Today, okay, my wife undertook that ministry on the social media every other day. Those words of prophecy are declared to people's life and people are getting blessed, saved, healed. Blessings of all manners. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, in those days when we used to put the... I mean, print the paper copy of today in prophecy. Okay? People will be giving testimony. And the devil entered one brother in church and said, So, you last hour, you can't hear me. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear testimony. So, you last Praise the name of the Lord. So, Jesus was accused of using demonic power. Matthew chapter 9. As they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with a devil. And when the devil was cut out, the dumb spake, and the multitude marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, He casted out devils through the prince of the devils. Who said it? The Pharisees. 
people who will speak and people will take them as the authority. So, whenever such happens to gospel ministers, the target is not just the man of God that is being discredited. It is much more about the devil making effort to attribute the glory that should go to God to himself. Hello? So, verse 34. But the Pharisees said, he cast out devils through the prince of the devils. Okay, so God is taken out and the devil is uh, put inside. Am I talking to somebody? So, when such happen, please, be very careful before you put mouth. Are we together? And begin to join them to say negative things about the work of God. Why? Because it is always much more about the devil making effort to attribute the glory that should go to God to himself. I consider it a case of what people doubt has been practically impossible for God to do. They now believe it's a walkover for the devil to accomplish. Hello? So the things that they doubt has been practically impossible for God to do, but now they believe it is a walkover for the devil to accomplish. Now, who do you think people will now follow? The devil that they are credited with the glory. So, in my own candid opinion, no any other form of idolatry can be greater than to believe that the power of the devil is more real than the power of God Almighty. No any other form of idol worship, idolatry, can be greater than that you believe that the power of the devil is more real than the power of God Almighty. Hello? Am I talking to somebody? When you are one bear, be tatijo. I will allow Simbaba, be kinyo, be tatijo. The power of God is still as available as of old. The days and era of miracles are not over. Praise the name of the Lord. Number three. We are providing efforts of the devil, even in the ministry of Jesus Christ, to discredit the redemption agenda and turn people away from God. When Jesus was eventually arrested and he was brought before Pilate to be judged, false witnesses were recruited to lie against Jesus at his trial. Wrong narratives. Matthew 26. I read from verse 59. Now, the chief priests and elders and all the council sought first witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses and said this fellow said I am able to destroy the temple of God 
and to build it in three days. Did Jesus say something like that at all? Answer me, church. Yes, he did. Are we together? There was a time Jesus was preaching and he said, bring down this temple and in three days I will raise it back. However, what Jesus said was quoted out of context. I've been severally quoted out of context. Okay? By brethren with evil intent. Just to discredit me and discredit my ministry. I recollect in the years that I was serving in the Christian church of Nigeria as a scribe. To the glory of God's name, God enabled me to take certain steps and God used me in certain, in certain dimension okay, that eventually honored God in the body of Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. And there is no way or no time the kingdom is making progress and the devil will not raise a protest. And he won't go out of the church, okay, always to raise the protest. He always also wants to raise the protest even from the church to add legitimacy to the wrong narrative he's selling. And the brother rose up and he said everywhere, they are calling Fawenu here, Fawenu, Fawenu there. After all, you are just the secretary. You are not the chairman. Praise the name of the Lord. And said, slow it down. You are, too, you, are too, you are too ambitious. And I thought he was sincere. And in one of the meetings I had with him and some elders, I said to him, <laughs> I said, yes, I am, not, I am not the chairman. But by the constitution of that body, okay, when it's come to day-to-day -day running of that body, as the secretary, I have more responsibility than the chairman. Underline the word responsibility. And because of that day-to-day -day responsibility, it looks like as if I have more feasibility. Okay? The wrong narrative, the man went out to sell to people. Okay? Which some people are still holding against me to today is that Fawenu said he has more power than the chairman. Is there no difference between power and responsibility? Somebody who said he has responsibility means he has the spirit of a servant. Any assignment you give me, I'm ready to do what? To undertake. But he saw that narrative that Fawenu is he, he, he loves power, he's a power monger. He even said to the extent that, okay. People rose up and they began to say that chairman that I served under was too weak. Let us now produce a chairman that will check Fawenu SSCs. Hallelujah. Not knowing that the man was actually programming everything so that he can become the chairman. So, what Jesus said here was quoted out of context. And up to today, the devil comes to use the same strategy to fight the redemption agenda. Number four. The soldiers were paid to lie that Jesus did not resurrect. 
the soldiers were paid to lie that Jesus did not resurrect. So, the devil organized all manner of assault against the redemption agenda. So, it will be no surprise that up to today, the devil is still fighting the redemption agenda by selling all manners of wrong narratives. Matthew 28, I read from verse 11. Now, when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into the city and sealed unto the chief priests all things that were done. Now, the watch we are referring here refers to the soldiers that were guiding the sepulchre, the tomb where Jesus was kept. Okay, so, and they came and they told the elders that, hey, Arime, wow, okay, the unbelievable has happened. While we were guarding the tomb, okay, there was a strange occurrence, phenomenal occurrence. An angel appeared, pulled away the stone, and Jesus had uh, resurrected. When he came la. Verse 12. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers. Do you know that so much sponsorship is going on today to stop the propagation of the gospel? So much money is being paid to some people to persecute the faith. Praise the name of the Lord. It did not just start today. It has always been the practice. Verse 13. Same, say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while we slept. It doesn't matter to them that they are denying their professionalism. Hello? How can a soldier say, okay, Armless disciples of uh, Jesus Christ he came and overpowered the soldiers. Okay, in fact, they didn't even say they put up any challenge against the, the, the disciple, but that while they were sleeping. Okay, the closest to this that has, I have seen happen in recent history was when one time a uh, minister of power in Nigeria died in uh, Oyo State. Okay? And uh, the policemen that were with him, that were supposed to be protecting him, said they went to go and hit. <laughs> Praise the name of the... When you hear such story, you just must know that some people are arranging a narrative to manipulate the system. Am I talking to somebody? So, saying... His disciple came by night and stole him away while we slept. And if this come to the governor's ears, because governors do not take that lightly, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. It was a lie, but that lie glued that life stayed. Okay? Some people continue to still believe that Jesus actually did not resurrect. But that his disciple came and stole him away. In fact, some people said he, he left the entire region of Judea to live in another country. And that he eventually had wife and children. Praise the name of the Lord.
So one of the greatest challenge of today's society, like it were from the beginning of creation and also in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, is the aggressive manner. The devil is employing warped minds. I think I said that before. Warped mind, corrupted mind, uncircumcised mind. But who have soft mouth to call evil good? And majority of the people are buying their falsehood. And I'm giving attention to this subject so that you will not fall free and buy falsehood as the truth. So very unfortunately, the job of twisting narratives and making light to overshadow the truth is always made easier for the devil when vanguards of truth like you and I, vanguards of truth like preachers of the gospel, vanguards of truth like people who believe okay, in purity, people who believe in godliness, okay, when we are passive and we are complacent, in disseminating the truth. I said, lie is selling. And we are making the job of twisting narrative and making lies to overshadow the truth easier for the devil. When as fangas of truth, we are passive and we are complacent in disseminating the truth. And so we have dedicated this study of drawing our attention to both the silent and the loud narratives that have been twisted against the gospel in order to attack the universality of God's redemption agenda. And we have placed a particular focus on Africa in the last three studies. And next week, by the grace of God, okay, we will now turn the searchlight on Nigeria. Nigeria in God's redemption agenda. Okay, that is what I have, okay, planned to discuss today, but it's like uh, this foundation, uh, <laughs> God will not allow it to be a shallow one. It has gone deeper than what I have planned. And so, by the grace of God, next Sunday, we will move into discussing Nigeria in God's redemption agenda with the intent to disabuse our mind disabuse our mind from all wrong narratives that is trying to exclude us from the redemption agenda. Don't forget again that God planned the redemption agenda with every man in mind. God planned the redemption agenda with every man in mind. And any narrative of any form from which, of whichever source that negates that, I say such is satanic in intent, satanic in concept, satanic in consequence. So the big question I put to you is the same question that the prophet Isaiah puts before the people of Israel, whose reports do you believe? As for me and my house, I believe the report of the Lord. God bless you. We believe you'll be blessed by the ministry of this message. You will do well to be the doer of all you've heard. 
For further inquiry and spiritual help, contact this number is 08035685882 or worship with us at Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, Adjacent University of Ilorin, Teaching Hospital, Okelsey Ilorin. God bless you.